Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast that today is about one of our favorite Bachelor contestants, I would say, in recent memory. Ever since Jill Chin exited the limo this January and presented Clayton Eckerd with an urn, we have been dying to talk to her, and it is finally happening. Yes, her commentary on the season was so important to cat parents like myself. It was one of the highlights of Shrimpgate. And we're so excited that she's here with us now to talk about her bachelor journey. Jill, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That was quite the intro. Oh, my God. I'm blushing. <laughs> you know, we had to do you right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a treat for us to prepare for this because we got to really properly revisit all of the the Jill highlights. I know. Clayton season. Yeah. I had some <laughs> I had some key moments and then that's then, I, then they swiftly exited me out. <laughs> yeah, as they do. Yeah, yeah the the bachelor uh memory is brutal and short, but we remember and we're so excited to to revisit. So, let's go way back actually. Okay. How did you end up on the bachelor? Okay, yeah. So I applied like a crazy person. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I was doing field work in, I was like on a work trip in North Carolina in Asheville. And I was feeling really sorry for myself in the hotel room afterwards, after a long day. And I was just like, I'd broken up with my boyfriend of like two years, like a couple months ago. And then I was just like, you know what, I, and I became obsessed with The Bachelor during like quarantine phase. And so, cause I'd never seen it before. So I had just finished watching a couple seasons and I was like, let me just throw it out there. And then I told my coworker the next morning, I sent in like a picture of myself in like one little sentence and just like fired it off. Um, and then my coworker was like, are you serious? Like that's, it's like never going to happen. I was like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to find love <laughs> my life on The Bachelor. And then I just kept getting phone calls back. It was crazy. And now I'm here. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. COVID brought you to The Bachelor. I know. And I always reference the time when I, when I was like intrigued because like Matt James' season was the first one that I watched. And I saw, I kept seeing clips of Anna Redmond saying she's entertaining men for money. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that was what sold you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is juicy. So I this started sounds like something I want to be a part of. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I remember like, I, I sent a couple texts to my friend who had been like a big fan of the show and I'd never seen it. And then she's like, I feel like you would do pretty well on it. I'm like, no, I would have to change everything about myself to go on the show. I would never be able to see myself on TV. And then, and then alas, here we are. Yeah, you just, The Bachelor is unpredictable. You never know what curveballs they're going to throw you. Did you know that Clayton was going to be the lead when you, like, finally agreed to go on the show? Yes. I knew when I finally agreed to go on that he was going to be The Bachelor. 
it was a long waiting period. We were very much like, okay, who's it going to be? Because we were leaving in like a couple weeks. And then they made the announcement. And all I'd seen of him is his picture. And then the little video of him in his hometown in like Missouri. And so that's all I had to go off of. But I'm like, they think this guy's really great. Like they picked him out of nowhere. It's going to be great. So I was definitely just like, all right, let's, let's play ball. Let's try. Oh, right. I forgot. That was the season none of us knew Clayton at all because it hadn't aired yet when it it started filming. Was there someone that you were kind of thinking or hoping it might be from a previous season? We thought it was either going to be Andrew or Greg. And so... bit of a Were you excited about those options? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was excited about those options for sure. Um, But then they were like, it might be someone from Michelle's season. And then we were looking at all these people from Michelle's season, like my friends and I trying to figure out who we liked. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, and then it it was Clayton. Surprise. Were you into him? Were you excited? I mean, he's like a six, four, like huge football player. So I was like, I can roll with that. Like, like, I can work with it. (laughs) This sounds good. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big vibes person. So it's definitely, you gotta see if the vibes are there. So I just had to go and see. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a that's a good point. It's like you got to get off the app. You've just got to show up, get yeah, out of the limo, for coffee, see yeah. how that love the energy. Is. Yes, see if they have a weird voice, which is was always one of my big deal breakers when really? dating. Yeah. How often did that come up? <laughs> no, it actually came up a lot, and they've now really? added a voice memos like option on Hinge, yes. which I saw on my friends. And I was like, this is genius because I would have avoided yeah. so many mediocre dates that, like, the man started to speak. And I was like, I, this is never – it's not going to work. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that's a good feature. I hadn't been on – I haven't been on the apps since, like, college. I've managed to stay off the apps. So I'm hoping I don't have to start using the apps again. <laughs> I'm dreading that day. Oh, you've cracked the code somehow. Well, you're going to have a really fun fact to use for the rest of your life. So there oh is my that. God. I know, but I think I, I, if I were to be on date, I don't know if I would like link my social media or if I, because I don't know. I yeah, think that's it's a fair. little bizarre. I don't want to be like Jill from The Bachelor for like. <laughs> right. It's more like now you have a secret that you get to hide. Yeah. But like, app. is it a red flag? It could be a red flag. I don't know. You're like my toxic trait my is toxic- that I went on The Bachelor. Yes. The Ego Olympics. Like, that's what I went on. Yeah. So you you were like a recent viewer of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Like, how aware were you of the show more broadly and like its history when you decided to apply? Uh, not aware at all. I mean, I had watched, so I had watched Matt James' season in full. And then, because that was all that was available on Hulu. And then I had watched Andy's season of The Bachelor. I just watched like whatever was on Hulu. So it was like Andy's season. <laughs> great season. Yeah, great season. And then I watched Paradise. So I watched seasons two and three of Paradise. <laughs> so I was like going going a little bit back. Um, so I didn't really know. I mean, I'd heard about the disaster that was Pilot Pete season. So like I watched like clips on YouTube and like I got the gist of it. So I know the gist of the history, but I don't know very like specific things. But you like took some time to to prepare. For sure. Get yeah. like the lay of the land. You were like, I understand the structure a little sort of at least a little bit that yeah. I'm walking into. Definitely a lot of a times it, it seems like men go on The Bachelorette and they just haven't even Googled it. And you're oh, like, that's the thing. Do sure. your reading. Yeah, exactly. I did a little bit. I didn't, re- like, I knew how it worked. Like, group dates, one-on-ones, rose ceremonies, like, that whole thing. But there were people there that had been lifelong fans of the show that maybe knew, like, a strategy or whatever. And I was, I was not privy to that information. So I was definitely just free balling it the whole time. So you were not one of the people that was allegedly coached by coached Game of by Roses. Game of Roses. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm like, that would have helped a lot. <laughs> I, was. I don't know. I it, it really could have blown up in your face also. No, t- exactly. I feel like you either, like with too much information, like knowing too much sometimes is not a good thing. Yeah, that's kind of the whole problem with the internet in a certain sense. We all yeah. know too much, right? We now. all know too much yeah, about everything. <laughs> yeah. So going into the process, what was like your biggest like 
trepidation? Like, what were you nervous about going in? I was nervous about the girls, the women. Mm. I was, really? Yes. I Because I can talk the wallpaper off the walls. So it wasn't really like an issue of like, am I going to be able to have a conversation with this man? Like, all right, like I can charm a guy maybe. Like, I think I can maybe do that. But no, I was worried about the women because most of the drama in the house is just perpetuated by the contestants. So I was I was very worried for sure that I wasn't going to make any friends. Um, I didn't have like a great college experience. And so... And I wasn't in like a sorority or anything. So I'd never really experienced anything of this magnitude because it is very much like sorority like. Um, So, yeah, that was what I was most, most concerned about. Yeah, it makes sense. Like those are the people you spend the most time with. And yeah, Yeah. who among us outside of a sorority has lived with that many women all at the same time for that long? It's it's a lot. And then you add the the layer of like, am I being manipulated in some <laughs> capacity to get into a fight with someone? Like that yeah. doesn't seem pleasant. That I would like overthink it and just drive myself crazy. Oh my God, I drove myself crazy. Yeah, because you don't have any contact with the outside world. So it's like you can't really touch grass. So you're just <laughs> kind of like in this whirlwind and you can't get out. And there were definitely times where I would just scream into my pillow because it was out of sheer madness. Um, honestly, I went I went absolutely mad in that house. Um, but it was entertaining. It makes for good TV, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was a culture shock for sure. Yeah. Did you find that once you were in there, you were able to make friends pretty easily? Yeah, for sure. I feel like after night one was so stressful. Night one, I always refer to it as like the worst night of my life. <laughs> night one. Was the worst night of my life. I didn't get to talk to him at all. And so I was just like sitting there, like by the food and trying to like keep myself busy, hoping I get to talk to this guy. And then knowing people are going home tonight. And it was just chaos. There are people everywhere. It was packed. Like the mansion looks like big, but in reality, it just, it's, you're all packed in there. There's like 30 girls going crazy. And so it was so, so stressful. I got to talk to like a couple people, but it was very much like, oh, hi, nice to meet. It was very surface level. So after night one, it was kind of like, okay, once that all, once it got rolling, we got to know each other very well. Um, So yeah, I'm so thankful for the girls. Oh my God. I don't know what I would do without them. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that first night, you say you're like sitting there waiting to talk Mm -hmm. to him. Was that really what it was like? Were, were producers really, like, calling all the shots on that? On, like, like tapping people to talk to him? Or what was the dynamic like? So, I mean, it's definitely, it's some of that. But then it's also, like, you have to be bold. And you have to, like, go up and try to, like, assert yourself. Um, which I'm not very good at. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And also, it was, like, I never really knew where he was. Like, it was just... <laughs> so many things were going on at once. I never really knew where he was, except for, like, I saw I was there. I was looking across the pool because I was outside, and I was looking across the pool, and I saw him and Susie talking for a long time. And I'm like, okay, like, time's up. Like, this is getting a little ridiculous. And I was – so I saw that connection, and I was like, I'm going home. I'm like, this is it. It's over. It's over. Uh, so, yeah, it was just – it was incredibly stressful, and – there were just people everywhere. I didn't know where he was. So it wasn't like I could just be like, can I steal you for a sec? Hey, can I? Like it was because I wanted to do that. I would have, I guess I, I, if I had seen an opportunity, I would have taken it. But I just never got the opportunity. I'm just like imagining you like like wandering around being like, what wing is he it's even? It's like a is game he, of Marco did, Polo. Is he being set up on the driveway <laughs> yeah. right now? Yeah. Like, and you just, it, it goes very, very, very late, right? So you're just sort of like sitting around, stressed out, not sleeping. That honestly yeah. sounds hellish. Yeah, this, the no sleep part really got me. I think the sun was coming up by the time that, I mean, it was fully up by the time that rose ceremony ended. And I remember it was kind of like the Navy SEALs. I was like, there's, I said, I have no other option but to stand here in this rose ceremony room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's nothing else I can do, so I just have to do it. Um, but yeah, definitely lots of, like, the coffee, and then we had energy drinks, and then it was just water, and then it because we just had to keep going. It's a marathon night. It's a marathon night for sure. This is actually why 
33-year-olds don't hang around on The Bachelor because I haven't been able to <laughs> so do that true. since I was 24. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's rough. It's definitely, I mean, the no sleep continues throughout the whole thing. Very little sleep. Yeah, I would not do well. Yeah. Definitely would not do well in that environment. Sounds sounds very rough. It was rough. Um, you ultimately kind of ended up getting like the quirky edit. Like most of your screen time <laughs> was know. these little like hilarious one-liners, little yeah. snippets of your ITMs mm-hmm. and like moments that were played for laughs largely. Yeah. Was that kind of how you saw your persona or like how you you thought you might come off going in? No. Or were you surprised to see like the role that you were placed in once editing happened? I mean, I think that I, I thought I was going to get the sad girl edit because all I did was cry. I was like, I'm going to be the new (laughs) Ashley I because all I did was go absolutely berserk and cry my eyes out every day. Um, running away from the cameras, crying. They're like running after me. So I I thought I was going to get sad girl edit. Um, but I'm glad that they showed kind of the funnier side of me because that's definitely more accurate to my real personality. Um, they did go a little dark, though. I feel I feel like they gave me like this weird, dark, like goth edit. And then when I read my bio, I was like, like she's obsessed with Twilight and likes walking around cemeteries. And then of course I bring the urn. So it was just like this perfect storm of okay, Jill's this like weird, quirky. There was this comment that someone uh, left on my Instagram post, and it said weird architectural, like weird, awkward architectural historian Jill is actually cool online. <laughs> I what? was like, you okay. were so cool on the show. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. we thought you were cool for moment one, so. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, but it was, um, I, I don't really think it was like a, sh- I think once I saw the, the bio, I kind of knew where it was going. Wait, yeah, so that makes sense. Was that like, fiction or was it just that you answered like a lot of stuff in your questionnaire and you didn't expect the cemetery walks to like get into it? So I had talked to them a lot and I said a lot of things. <laughs> and that was <laughs> certainly one of the things that I said um, at some point. So, I mean, none of it is fictitious. It's all real. Like I do like to walk around cemeteries. I was obsessed with Twilight as a teen. So they def- but they pulled from a lot of different things. They're always listening to you. They're always watching. So it was kind of like, I don't know. I thought I was just, yeah, they, they paint a picture that they, that they see. It's a curation. It's definitely a curation. Yeah. 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 And the, the urn, I mean, it was an edgy opening. I just want to remind listeners that your, your line out of the limo carrying the urn was, these are the ashes of my ex-boyfriends. I brought them here just in case you make the same mistake. Yeah. Was that your idea or was that produced? It was for sure a collaboration. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do something uh, a bit out of the ordinary um, because some girls just get to go up and talk to him. And I was like, oh, my God, I'll just go up and talk. No, that was not going to cut it. But I'm honestly (laughs) glad that I chose to do something a little more outlandish because I really did. I didn't get any time night one. And I think that it kind of saved me. But they cut out my punchline. The whole punchline of it was like, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, I just, like, I've, I was just dying to meet you. And I hope to talk to you more inside so I can earn your rose. Like, that was the whole thing. But they cut it out just to make it seem like, so people were literally messaging me being like, how dare you bring these ashes? Like, how do the families feel that you, I'm like, I don't, first of all, I don't have any deceased ex-boyfriends. Yeah, how do the families of the boyfriends you murdered feel at the fact that you made their murders into a joke? I know. People were really coming after me for it. Um, So yeah, they cut out the punchline. I was just like, whatever. That's incredible. I, yeah, it did make you seem much more goth. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think it's because I have like tattoos and like that kind of thing. I think that's why. You mentioned that. the word cemetery once. You I know, mentioned these the word cemetery once. Yeah. Together. You have some tattoos. Yeah. You went to a cemetery. Yeah, exactly. For work, most likely. So. <laughs> I mean, architecture, cemeteries, these things, you know, yeah. are all goth, as we know. Yes. Very you goth. also, uh, memorably i you know i have a cat so this really caught my ear you remarked after you didn't get a date that first week that you left not only your family and friends to come on the show but your cat my cat and so i think we all want to know a little bit more about your cat and if your cat was okay after you came home oh i would love to talk about my cat um thank you for letting me talk about my cat (laughs) 
for crying out loud. <laughs> um, so his name is Sauce, and he is actually intersex. So he has both male and female parts. Um, but he expresses more male, so that's why I have gendered him a he. That the, So Aww. those are his pronouns. Um, but, Aww. yeah. Uh, so he was from the shelter, and I rescued him. He had a bunch of issues. They, they labeled him as special needs because of his downstairs mix-up. But he doesn't have any, like, special needs. Um, so... Yeah, but then I, I got him for 50% off, too. So I was like, this is a slamming deal. This cat's coming home with me. And then a couple months later, he needed a triple hernia surgery. So I spent thousands and thousands of dollars repairing him. Um, so, yeah, this cat means Aww. means so much to me. I love him, like, to the, to the edge of the earth. I would do it all over again. Um, so, yeah, so of course I miss my cat. I know, sauce. Um, Of course I miss my cat. Like, come on. Because he doesn't understand. My family and friends knew that I was going to go off to do this thing. But to him, I just went off. Who knows if I'm coming back? Yeah, you're like, he's going to think that I abandoned him. him. Yes, exactly. And, in fact, I'm just sitting here hoping to talk to this football player for, like, (laughs) five minutes. Literally, give me five minutes at one point. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was rough. That was bad. (laughs) We also wanted to ask you a little bit more about your job. It's come up a couple times already. Can you tell us a little bit about what an architectural historian does and whether it is relevant to taking walks in cemeteries? It is, yeah. Mm. Great question. So um, I'm an architectural historian, which means that I deal with above-ground cultural resources. So mainly, obviously, architecture. Um, But that could be anything from stone walls, monuments, cemeteries, anything to do with cultural resources that are above ground. Um, So I work in a subset of the field called cultural resource management. So I do a lot of research and survey work on cultural resources. So um, we've done work on the Appalachian Trail. Um, I've done, I surveyed the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, So I get to go to a lot of really cool places and learn a lot about, like, random little towns that I would have never visited before. Um, It is relevant to cemeteries because we do do cemetery work. Um, I work at an archaeology lab, so they do the below-ground stuff, and then my team does above-ground resources. Um, So there is a decent amount of cemetery work. That is very cool. How did you get into that area of work? Yeah, so I, I majored in cultural and historic preservation in college. So I went to Salve Regina University, which is this gorgeous, tiny university in Newport, Rhode Island, um, So where they filmed Gilded Age. Um, yeah. So I worked in the mansions during college. I gave tours of them. So I was very much into the architecture piece. And at first I wanted to go in and do... I think I wanted to do like museum studies and then eventually be a museum curator. Um, Then I just kind of fell in love with the architecture and archaeology, and I ended up taking a lot of courses in that. So I kind of fell into it. That's so cool. Um, I actually definitely took a tour of the mansions. (gasps) Me too. Probably while you were in college. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe our paths have crossed before. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. (laughs) Those are beautiful, beautiful, crazy giant mansions. Oh, my God. They're stunning. I'm obsessed. And now I'm watching The Gilded Age. So it's like, I'm like, that's the elves. Welcome. That's the breakers. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. I would love to watch The Gilded Age with you. That sounds I know. I was going to say, we, might, we need to have like a watch party with yeah. you so that you can give us context. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, that's a great idea. I should live stream it. You should. <laughs> I'm, I, I think there's a market for that. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk some more about this season because, oh my God, we've mentioned that it was like crazy dramatic, but yeah, let's dig in a little bit. Um, we saw like kind of a host of quote unquote villains on this season. Like, I guess there was Claire and then Cassidy, Shanae, Sarah. Yep. Did that seem to you like accurate for them all to be cast as villains? Like, was it weird watching back and seeing how they kind of each came to the fore for a certain period of time as yeah. a villain? Um, didn't really shock me, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, 
Claire night one. And I love Claire now. I think she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> we vibe. I would hang out with her any day of the week. She's awesome. Um, but she was just being super honest. But I think we were all just so annoyed because she was being so loud and obnoxious about it. And I was like, you got to talk to him. I didn't even get to talk to him. And you hate him. Just go home. <laughs> so that wasn't really a surprise because it was a huge ruckus. Oh, my God. Um, and then Cassidy, no shock there. Shanae, obviously not a shock. Sarah, that whole thing kind of developed after I had left, but I had seen the writing on the wall, um, but I didn't really pick up on what she was doing necessarily. She slept right above me. So we would sometimes have like chats about like after her one-on-one. Um, and I very much thought that she was going to final two even then, um, just by the way she was talking about it. So I had, I can definitely resonate and I can stand up for what like Teddy and Rachel and some of the other girls had witnessed later in the season for sure. Okay. So that sort of attitude that you've Felt from her was kind of building pretty early on. Yeah, for sure. That's so that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think it was gonna get to that point. I didn't think it was gonna right. be, you know. But um, I wasn't shocked when I heard what had happened. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> what was it? I mean, what was it actually like being in the house with some of these things going on? Like, yeah. With, I think, Shanae in particular, that seemed like it went on for a while and yep. caused a lot of uh, ongoing a tension. Long time. What was it <laughs> like long? living with that? Yeah, it was, it was extremely stressful. She was in my room. She slept in, like, the bunk right across from me. Um, and it was a lot of walking on eggshells because I, she had never been malicious towards me. And she, I was not there for Shrimpgate. I didn't see Shrimpgate unfold. I was close with Elizabeth and I, so I was just kind of like watching it all. Um, but I did, you know, because she she had made it clear that to Clayton and to other people that she had felt alienated. And so I had reached out to her um, one night when I we were off camera, off mic, we were ready to go to bed. And I was like, hey, like, I, I don't want you to ever feel like you can't have somebody to talk to. If you want anybody to talk to, like, I'm here, just reach out. And then she was like, okay. And then never heard a peep after that. So the kind of narrative that she didn't have anybody is, I would say, a bit, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, it's a false narrative that she didn't have anybody. Because you felt like it was a little bit self-imposed. It was entirely self-imposed. There were other people, Marlena, Marlena would reach out to her and talk to her and hold her hand all the time. So it was like, in in my eyes, there was no bridge that couldn't have been crossed, you know, but that might be different for her um, in that situation. But it was definitely a lot of walking on eggshells. And then towards the end, she would stay very much to herself. We didn't see her until it was like, meal time, really. Um, or if it was time for a rose ceremony or if it was, you know, orchestrated and she was like forced to come out. Um, so I almost felt like she was a caged animal. And when they released the beast, it truly was like scary because I didn't want to be her next victim. You know, like everybody was walking on eggshells because they didn't want to step in the wrong way or do something that could offend her, and then they go home because we had seen that time and time again. Yeah, it looked very. She stressful. quite effectively set set up that trap where it was sort of like, <laughs> yeah, you you couldn't win. No, there's, either there's way, no winning. yeah. So you just kind of yeah. have to like let it go. Honestly, the shrimp gate lasted so long. I was pissed though when I got <laughs> when I got eliminated and she got the last rose. I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm done. Like I was so pissed. I feel like that was, like, the first moment when we were like, Clayton has no idea what he's doing here. No idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like a knife to the heart. And then I was like, this is dumb. Like, I was like, <laughs> if this is what he wants, then go ahead. Um, you yeah. did have that, like, iconic line about Shrimpgate. Um, yeah. I lost brain cells because mm-hmm. I listened to Shrimpgate. Yeah, I did. You weren't there when it happened. So what was it like to experience it in absentia like how long did you how many times did you hear the story before you figured out what actually happened 
I don't really think I understood what happened until even after, until honestly I saw it on TV because I kept hearing about the shrimp and it was like, okay, Elizabeth made shrimp and then Sinead ate some and then Sinead made more shrimp and asked people if she wanted some, but she didn't get the response that she wanted. So now she's going berserk and everyone is like, people are scared. (laughs) So it's like, I was like trying to piece together what actually had happened, but I had no idea. Um, so it took until I watched it back because then it was, it was the hot tub. It was like, well, were you in the hot tub? Was Elizabeth in the hot tub? I'm like, what does the hot tub have to do with any of this? The shrimp, the hot tub. (laughs) So I was just pissed because I kept hearing it. I kept hearing it and I had no idea what it was about. And so I was pissed because it doesn't make any sense. Does it make sense to the viewers? Does anybody know that like, (laughs) is this a valid thing? Not a lot. Not 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 a lot lot of of sense. sense. No. Did you ever talk to Elizabeth yes. about the the hot tub yes. situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And from her understanding, like, she was in the hot tub that day, but she genuinely did not remember if Shanae had come up. And, it, you know, you can see it in the footage where Elizabeth's having a conversation with somebody, and Elizabeth does have, like, sensory, like, she is neurodivergent, so she focuses on one person. And so... It's understandable that if somebody comes in and is, you know, talking to you, then then you may not be responsive. So, but for her to take that as like a personal dig, like there was a bunch of people in the hot tub that didn't respond to you. Why Elizabeth? Why is Elizabeth now? Like, it was just crazy. Yeah, it's <sighs> it was weird as a viewer. I was like, well, everyone just had shrimp. So yeah. maybe they don't even want shrimp right now. It just Everyone's like it. Full. it yeah, it's like I just had a bunch of shrimp. Like maybe you should have made a brownie. I don't know. Like yeah, switch it up a little right? bit. And like, I also find shrimp to be odd hot tub food specifically. Those mm-hmm. girls. Like I think I wouldn't want it in the hot tub. No. Even if I wanted a shrimp. I'm telling you the amount. Of, we should be sponsored by Bubba Gumps because the <laughs> amount of shrimp that these girls ingest is insane. Really? Like, <laughs> yes. Everybody in that house was eating shrimp for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, it's crazy. Oh I, and I they were always cooking shrimp. I didn't always. know there was enough shrimp in the ocean to sustain that level of consumption. Me either. Every night. It was like, oh, we're having shrimp scampi. Oh, we're having shrimp tacos. Now we're having, like, the amount of shrimp was crazy. And then we were, then we were traumatized by it. It was so bizarre. But then it just became a theme. Because then it was at the, and of course, when we go to Houston, oh, of course, it's at the barbecue because you totally just have like shrimp just like chilling with next to burgers with like the Hyundais, you know, like, it was like oh, we're going to grill shrimp on the Hyundai. Like, OK, it's the Hyundai grill. I mean, that so whole bizarre. date was its own. It was yeah. like, how can we get Spawn Con and shrimp into the same two-minute period. <laughs> a lot of creative work, and it succeeded. They did it. So I, that was one of my there, favorite there episodes. There was that. Yeah. That was, like, the—I think the football episode was my favorite episode, for sure. Was it, Was it like, a fun date, like, or just no. watching back? Did you feel like— <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot. I remember talking to Clayton, and I told him, I said, it's hotter than a witch's coochie. And he, like, sort of laughed. We, like, didn't really get it. And I think that's the moment I knew that we just weren't going to vibe because he wasn't thinking that I'm funny. Um, So that's a red flag. But it was just hot. And then we had played football in the gravel next to the stadium. I'm like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Because we're going into that stadium. There's no way we're just chilling by these cars having a barbecue and we're not going into the stadium. So, yeah, did I know we were going to play contact football? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, I thought flag football, sure. Because I didn't know about Uh. the Bachelor Bowl. I had not seen the previous seasons where they had done that. So I was like, there's no way we're going to do contact sports. No, I'm getting rocked like 20 minutes later by an Olympian. It was (gasps) that unhinged. That episode really brought up some, like, middle school football unit PE class like trauma for me I was like this is horrifying and you all were really 
I don't know. You you approached it with a great attitude. Oh it was God. impressive. I, I, and the, also, like, the crazy, like, experiencing all of this alone is insane enough, but then it's televised. So it's like <laughs> everybody is seeing me get absolutely destroyed on the field. Everyone's seeing me cry about my cat. So it's just like <laughs> I'm going through all of this stuff, and it's plastered on the internet. Um, That's not the image you were curating for yourself. Oh my God, no. I thought I was going to give. When I tell you like the level that I thought I was going to serve on this show (laughs) and then the level that I actually served, it was so humbling. It was incredibly humbling. You just got a really good in-depth look at your cry face and... Shocking. That's I didn't know. Something not everyone. Yeah, my has, like my you know, right, privy to. My right eye just like disappears when I cry. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's not a thing you would know about yourself. No. Look at that. This is a, a public service. I know. Essentially. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, the Bachelor <laughs> franchise, for making me realize yeah. this. <laughs> and on that note, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back with a whole lot more from Jill. Can you keep up? I like love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head-to-toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or 
Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. <laughs> so... Jill, you ended up staying for a decent chunk of the season. Yeah. But we never did see much one-on-one -on -one time with you and Clayton. Did it happen? And, like, what mm -hmm. was it like when you did, if you did, get one-on-one -on -one time with him? Yeah, it happened for sure. Um, I, I didn't get to talk to him until the cocktail. I can count on one hand how many times I talked to him, um, so, which is not great. Um so, yeah, first week I didn't talk to him at all. I talked to him uh, before the second rose ceremony. That was the first time I talked to him. And I was like, this is a Hail Mary. I'm like, I'm going home. Um, so, yeah, we talked then. And I had opened up to him about how nervous I was feeling and how uncomfortable I was in the house um, because I I struggle with anxiety. I know a lot of anxiety queens rise up. Um, <laughs> but social, social interactions uh, have been historically quite hard for me. Um, so I didn't want him to think that I wasn't trying and I wasn't interested. So I've kind of made that very clear to him. Um, 
so yeah, so that was really good. And he was really understanding. Um, and he was like, you know, the loudest people in the room, like aren't, it's not always the best thing to be the loudest person in the room. Enter Cassidy, enter like all the other <laughs> folks that are just like screaming to the high heavens. Um, so that was reassuring. Um, but yeah, when we talked, it was, I was just trying to, I was so nervous because I was just like, I don't know when I'm going to talk to him next. So I have to get everything out. And I was very, then I saw like Teddy's interactions with him and, and Rachel's and they were so flirty and cute. And I was just like, hello, this is who I am. Like, <laughs> this is what I stand for. So I'm like, okay, no wonder he didn't like me because he thought I was some kind of like scary robot just throwing facts at him. Um, You're like, I've showed up for my job interview. This is a job uh, interview. Let me tell you all of the reasons you should hire me, Jill, for the job of your wife. Yes, uh, Any exactly. feedback yeah. would be appreciated, but just let me know. Let the hiring manager tell me if I made it to the next round. Pretty yeah. much. And then when I saw that like, Teddy was like putting her legs on him. And I was like, oh, like, I was like, oh my God, he touched my knee. I'm like, oh my God, this is so incredible. Uh, I just didn't know like the level at which girls were going for it. And so I was still, I was just nervous. I was so nervous. And there was just so much pressure. Every time I would talk to him, it's like, Rachel, you got to throw a Hail Mary because he has no idea who you are. doesn't know you from like a rock in the road. So it's like, I'm trying to like make it, make myself stand out. But we had some cute moments, but of course they all got cut. So it's like, all right, do they really even yeah. happen? Yeah, not, I mean, not for us, but can, but no. for you and Clayton, those are real. And you'll always yeah. have those moments. Well, and you'll always have that moment when you made a great joke and he didn't even appreciate it. And you even knew that you could do better. I so. know, right, exactly. That was the moment. So I, I went home at the perfect time because I realized in Houston that we weren't going to vibe. And then I went home in Houston. So it worked out. You both understood in that moment. You were like, we don't we don't really have that Mm-mm. thing. We, we don't get the each same, other. Babes. We're not the same. But you did stay long enough to really get to know some of the other women, as yeah. you were saying before. And on this podcast, we love a good friendship story. Ooh, okay. So who who were some of your closest pals during filming? Yeah, so during filming, so Rachel and I, first night in the mansion instantaneous friends. We were just cracking up, <laughs> pissing everybody off um, about nothing. So yeah, Rachel was a fast friend. Um, Tessa, also a really good friend. Tessa and I would just cry to each other and talk about like existential crises and just like life. And it was Relatable. amazing. Yeah. So she's a real one. She's the realest one ever. Um, love Tessa. And then Hunter. Oh my God. Hunter is amazing. I speak to her probably for hours on end, like every night we FaceTime. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Hunter and I are, are extremely close because I feel like we're kind of in that we were in the same boat a lot of the time in the house. So it's like we both didn't get the date the first week. We both were like, we're going home tonight every single night. Um, we're like, we're not sure if he likes us, Baba. So we're very much in the same boat. So we commiserated a lot. Um, and then Lindsay... Lindsay, so little Southern Lindsay, she's so funny. She just cracks me up. Um, and then Kate, Kate, selling Sunset Girl. Yes, she's the most special person I've ever met, and it is a crime that she went home the second week. She is so special, so funny, like genuine. We get each other on like a molecular level. Like, I love that girl to pieces. She's so special. I hope we get to see more of her. I just really want her to make a cameo on Selling Sunset. I'm waiting. She She, was. She was in the background once. Wait, (laughs) which episode? I'm going to go look this up. I don't know. She was, um, it was like, they were at like some kind of cocktail party. And she was in the background. I was like, oh my God. Oh my (laughs) God. I mean, she clearly had so many looks and so many one-liners to give and just not enough time to offer those to us. I know. Yeah, she had some great, like, structural gowns that I was really appreciating as a viewer. And I was like, I needed this fashion moment for longer. Hopefully we see her on the beach because that would be incredible. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, We're going to have to chat about the beach a little bit later. Um. Is there anyone that, like, you didn't really have a chance to get close to in the mansion that you struck up a friendship with afterward? Um, for sure. I feel like I wasn't really friends with Kate in the house. Um, I had heard her, like, iconic, like, Harry Styles story. 
And then how she went on a date with Harry Styles. And then I made her touch my hand because I was like, oh my God, this is touch Harry Styles. <laughs> um, so that was like the extent of it. And then we really like hit it off after. Um, and then also some girls like who left night one, like Jane, I I got to spend some time with her and she's really incredible. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of girls that, oh, Kira as well, um, I'd spent a lot of time with after filming. So yeah, there's just, there's so many amazing people on the show that you really don't get a chance to talk to all of them. So we're still building those relationships for sure. I love that. I'm so glad that those relationships seem to have still, you yes. know, prospered post show. Mm-hmm. To me, those are always like the sweetest, most enduring relationships yeah. to come out of this world. Um, Obviously the season ended in a hailstorm of chaos. Oh, yeah. Just one twist and bad decision after another. And luckily everyone ended up happy, but it was a real roller coaster mm-hmm. for us as viewers. When did you learn how the season was going to wrap up and what was that like? Ooh, so I didn't have a lot of information. Although Rachel is like one of my best friends, that girl can keep a secret. And I was pissed. I'm like, you need to spell the day. But she can keep a secret. Um, I had known that she, she probably wasn't engaged because she was crying in her bed for, you know, some time. So I was like, okay, this probably doesn't end well. But I'm like so confused as to what happened. Because when I left, I'm like, it's Rachel. I'll put money on it that it's Rachel. Okay, so it wasn't just all of us watching. <laughs> no, the, the, it was crazy. Like the chemistry they had whenever he would call her name for like a rose, like— I just knew it was just like special. I don't know. It was crazy. So I would have put money on Rachel. Um, Obviously, Susie is like fantastic. I fucking love Susie so much. Um, I wish, and I wish I could hate her too because she's so perfect, but I really can't. Like she actually is like the best person ever. Um, So yeah, I didn't really know how it ended. Um, And so, you know, watching the previews wasn't, wasn't great. Um, and then actually seeing it unfold, I was, I was in tears. I was crying because I'd known how hurt my friends were. And then it was also really hard to watch Clayton go through it too, because, okay, yeah, he, he made a lot of mistakes, but this is, I feel like a lot of people put pressure on us to act a certain way in very abnormal situations. Like there's no way that you can act normal or know the right thing to do when you don't have all of the information. And so I do, everyone loves using this word. I give grace <laughs> to people who, who I think deserve grace. Um, but he knows, he knows he messed up and he'll, he, you know, spoke on that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was emotional for sure because it is our real lives. Yeah. It's rough all around and you're watching like four of your friends kind of all get emotionally pummeled in in different ways Mm -hmm. that I would imagine that that would be really, really difficult and heartbreaking to watch. Um, And it has been nice, you know, as viewers to see like Susie and Clayton and obviously Rachel and Gabby have been on their own journey, Mm -hmm. but like being really reflective and clearly having some space to heal from all of that after. Yeah, for sure. After the fact. I think definitely like taking accountability and like learning. And I think that that's all good. That's all part of like the growing process. So I think that Susie and Clayton are good together because you just like want a partner that makes you better, that you can grow together. And so I feel like they are those people for each other. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for them. Um, and then I'm. it really did end like, perfectly in the way that like Gabby and Rachel get to go on their own journey and find their, like their people. And then Clayton, uh, it, like ultimately found his person with Susie. Um, so yeah, it, it, it worked out in the end, but we, we weren't sure there for a little bit because I wasn't sure about the situation with Gabby and Rachel, um, if they were how, what the next bachelorette season was going to look like. So um, yeah, so after the final rose was definitely a nice little, you know, some closure. Yeah, I mean, we were going to ask you about their season and what you kind of expect because, I mean, it's been hard for any of us to get a sense of, mm-hmm. of what to expect from the two of them being bachelorettes together. But like at this point, knowing both of them, being close with Rachel, 
mm-hmm. knowing how the season is set up, like, what do you think that we should be expecting from their journey? Yeah, I think that definitely, I think they're both on their own journeys. And it's not going to be like them pitted against each other because I was so worried about that. But I am confident in the people that they are individually to know that they are not going to let that happen. Um, So I do think they will be on their own separate journeys. I'm not sure what it looks like with the guys, though. I'm not sure if the guys get to choose who they're more into or vice versa. I have no idea how the rose ceremonies work. Um, But I do think that it is going to be like their own separate journeys. And I'm happy that it is that way because they do deserve their own moments to shine for sure. Absolutely. I definitely think that that has been a fear that a lot of fans have had. Uh, You know, obviously the show does not have the best track record when it comes to lifting women up to the (laughs) best of their abilities or not just simply mining every situation for drama. But Mm. I think that we've been pretty hopeful since they made the announcement. Like, I personally was excited. Yeah. Uh, Oh, my God. So excited. Yeah. I mean, they both, both Rachel and Gabby seem very delightful and were really fun to watch. Yeah. And so, and seem to bring very different personalities into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be so, I remember sitting with Gabby like by the pool one day and I was like, I can't wait for America to meet you because you are such like a star. You are such a gem and you're hilarious. I've never met anybody like her. Um, and Rachel is incredibly sweet and smart and driven and amazing. And I just think that it's a great platform for them to be together and be able, hopefully be able to lift each other up. I hope that they get to kind of like talk to each other and like girl chat because it's when you're going through, like when you're trying to fall in love, I think it's really important to have people to talk to. And I feel like the lead goes crazy some of the times because they don't have really anybody to talk to. So I, I do hope that that's available to them. Yeah, they'll have a yeah. confidant. They both are they both are sort of like made for for the screen in a certain way. I feel like Gabby has that like screwball, like Lucille Ball <sighs> so comedy uh, yes. element. And Rachel, I always felt like I was watching like a romantic drama like yes. unfold. Like they both are so compelling and yeah. it's gonna be such a fun season. Oh, I'm so excited. So- Speaking of upcoming seasons in this franchise, mm-hmm. uh, we know that Paradise is also happening uh-huh. this summer. Any chance we might be seeing you on the beach? Well, there's always a chance. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, you would not say absolutely no. <laughs> no, it depends what day you ask me. Because <laughs> honestly, I flip-flop all the time. I'm like, I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want like, Yeah, it, it goes... It's, it's been rough, but, um, I think if given the opportunity, I, I would like to explore that for sure. I feel yeah. like you would be so much fun in a paradise setting. I'm just like yeah. putting that out there into the universe. I think you would thrive and I think we need that. We need you on, on the beach. I feel bad yeah. encouraging I feel anyone like paradise. to go there because there's no air conditioning and it seems really really hot. But aside from that, it could be a great experience. If you can withstand the humidity, <laughs> um, we would love to to see you there. Yeah. I think, honestly, the worse the conditions, the better the TV, because I will go insane. I know, I already know how it's going to happen. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to be like, nobody likes me, because I'm up against, like, the most gorgeous, like, perfect human beings ever, and I look like a white refrigerator and I have, like, a SpongeBob body. So I'm just going to go down there and feel, like, terrible about myself and cry about it. And I'm like, nobody wants me. And uh, I already know that's going to happen, and they're just going to be like, they're just going to love it. <laughs> they're just going to record oh, my, they're going to absolutely, like, run around like record me going crazy and then I'll run up the stairs and be like I want to go home and then get in my exit vehicle um well, then, then they'll just send you back to the nice air-conditioned hotel yeah. room where you That's get like thing. a free vacation the situation yeah, you've nice. described has happened before but usually because it's too hot and I will say yeah the heat has broken people on this show I before. know Tajwan Tajwan honestly yeah. has like my dream edit because she was just like funny and she got you know she tried icon. to do the love thing she's such an icon so yeah I mean I'll give it my my like the old college try um but I I just have to see who's down there because yeah, who would know. you like to see Is there down there anyone um, you're intrigued by 
So it's, I'm definitely not the Bachelor contestant du jour. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I don't think I fit into, like, you know, I want to move to LA and this, there's nothing wrong with that, girlies, I love you. Um, But, (laughs) but I, you know, like, I want a farmhouse in New England. Like, you know, I I want a coastal farmhouse in like an old, you know, historic situation. So um, I don't know if anybody's willing to do that. And so I have like kind of high standards for like what I want. And it's like, I'm going to go up to like Aaron or like James Bonsall and be like, hey, do you want to live this like 19th century life with me in New England? They're going to be like, absolutely not. So well, first of all, I want to live this life with you. And also, I just love the idea of you going to Mexico and going around in a bikini and asking every guy if they would like to get like a coastal mansion in New England with you. Yes. No, that's really and like, do you want to have a farm? Do you want to have goats? Like, I'm going to be like interviewing I think that has to be your opening line. That's it. You've you've nailed it. Because if not, then like I'm moving on. Like yeah. I need this lifestyle and I will not give it up. Like, do you want to be sustainable? Do you want to live on a sustainable farm? Yes or no? Like, <laughs> so I just feel like there's not a lot of guys that are going to want to do that. So I have to see if there are guys that that could fit my lifestyle and could appreciate the humor and could, you know, because it has to be a vibe. I So the person that I love... And I've told him this. I love Rodney. I think he's so sweet and just like the best. And uh, right, just like warms my heart. I love Rodney. Um, but the the list isn't very long because I don't really. <laughs> and that's sad, but I feel like you know what I would I love to to be like meet Andrew Spencer and we hit it off. Yeah, absolutely. But do you think Andrew Spencer is going to be like Jill Chin from Clayton <laughs> season? Like. I don't really know. You, you never, never know. know. You never know. We've seen people fall into very unexpected That's love very stories. True. Yeah. I yeah. do think that often a lot of personalities are able to shine in a more like ensemble project than yeah. the structure of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. For which sure. Is so really hinges on one person's taste. Yeah. I yeah. think I'm just going to go in and like truly be myself and really not care at all because like does it really matter like no like I'm just gonna go and be myself and if somebody wants to bite then go ahead like please like speak to me let's let's do something I'm You're dying like the farmhouse yeah. awaits yeah. this is the dream I'm selling tell yeah. me how you feel buy. about goats and composting exactly you, this is actually a case for getting into the dms you know make a list pound the pavement get in the dms be like oh my god your eyes are so blue in this picture um <laughs> So how do you feel about working farms? Is that exactly. something? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a bit of a hard sell for a lot of these guys. <laughs> and I understand that. So we're just going to have to see if it's like, you know, maybe I could convince them. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. But also, I believe in your charms, Jill. Like, I'm sold. I'll, I'll go on this farm <laughs> You're buying you. it? Like, okay. we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a salesman. <laughs> I'm selling my dream life. Um, but also, I have to remember that some of Rachel and Gabby's guys might be down there. So there are people, there's uncharted, this is uncharted territory. There could be somebody who's buying the dream. Um, That's true. But I definitely, I don't want to go down and like sell my soul for a rose, you know, that's so dark and depressing. Like if there's nothing for me there, I'm just going to like peace. (laughs) Like... Yeah, you you bow out gracefully. You say, thank you. I'll yeah. go to the air conditioning and enjoy the pool now. Exactly. Because I'm just not, and I don't want to like, it, it can be so, the last season really showed me like how insidious it could really be. Like using people for roses and use, you know, it's just like, is it really worth it? You know, like probably not. Um, so yeah, I just have to really stick to my guns and like have pillars of truth that I like cling on to and don't and like not lose myself in the process. But I think it could be fun. Obviously, who doesn't want to hang out with a bunch of hot people on the beach? You know, like that sounds great. Yeah, a bunch of your friends are there. Yeah, a bunch of my friends are there. Some crabs. I love maybe, crabs. We'll maybe uh, Gabby and Rachel had a guy on their season who's really into organic farming. Like you just don't know. Right. So. I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. So <laughs> Um, Our fingers are crossed. We would love to see you there and we'll see, see uh, I don't know, which of these men is are down to just hang out with some goats. I know. I would. Uh, I wish I had a short list of that, but we'll see. 
Yeah, rude that they don't give you that information on the bios. I uh, know, right? Frankly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to do some digging. I'm really going to have to be, like, trying hard. Um, but we'll see. I'm open. I'm just, I'm open. I think that's a good attitude. Yeah. And I think that's also a perfect place for us to wrap up. Jill, this has been truly so fun. We love having you on. Please come back anytime. And I hope that we will see you uh, on the beach this summer. We shall see. But thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks so much to Jill for joining us for this episode. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, Help us spread the word about our show, especially to any friends who used to listen to us as here to make friends. If you want to get in touch, you can always email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions, voice memos, comments. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter rich text on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emily Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Can you keep up? I like love Stitcher. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically, it's conversations I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts.